0: Hey everyone, welcome back to our podcast. It's Naomi here with the lovely Diana. Hey guys. Today's episode, we'll cover how to start a podcast, what we're loving, and being in your late 20s. Hello
1: everyone, I'm Diana.
0: And I'm Naomi.
1: And this is Girls Just Want to Thrive. It's a lifestyle podcast where we talk to women who are thriving not only in their careers, but in life.
0: We'll discuss current and relevant topics in beauty, wellness, dating and relationships, and self-care.
1: We would love for you to join our new community for uplifting women from all
0: walks of life. Don't forget to follow or subscribe to be the first to hear new episodes every week. So one of the first questions that Diana and I asked each other is, how do we actually start a podcast? For sure. I mean, it was kind of a
1: tedious process, but not at the same time because we did a lot of research.
0: Exactly. And I think one of the first things that we did was to pick a genre. What exactly is the topic or the items that we're going to be talking about on the podcast to gear the episodes towards?
1: Yes, definitely want to pick a topic just because and research that topic because there are a lot of people that make podcasts. There's about a million <laughs> right now. So, you better get on it. But um yeah, picking a topic's very important and also making time that takes a lot of effort to make a podcast. It consumes a lot of your free time. So if you don't have a lot of free time, I don't think a podcast would be the right fit for you.
0: I 100% agree. And if the podcast is something that is important to you, you'll make the time to get it done and do it at its best. And I think that's even more so for a reason to choose a genre that you're really passionate about, or something that you're not going to get sick of creating content for.
1: And do your research, 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 research. There are a lot of free resources out there like YouTube. You can look at videos on how to make a podcast. There's free hosting sites, which I wouldn't recommend just because they're very limited in what they offer for free. So you'll end up paying anyways. But definitely do your research. You can find a lot of free resources out there on how to start a podcast, what mics are the best, how to even edit the podcast, all of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what we did. There's lots of blogs out there, different Facebook groups with people that are willing to share their success and their pitfalls when it comes to creating and launching a podcast. Because like Diana said, podcasts aren't a new thing. So it's not like we're trying to recreate the wheel here. Um, so just using the information that you collect from any free online resources or paid resources. I mean, if you're paying for a resource, you're going to get more bang for your buck versus a free resource, um, and then shaping them and styling them into your own flair.
1: And also ask people for help. Don't be shy about asking people for help. I often go to Facebook groups all the time to ask for help with anything, but especially with podcasts, you know, a lot of people are doing it and people are willing to help others.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges that I was probably having with starting the podcast is just kind of sucking up your ego and asking for help and asking for feedback. And I think that's just something to do on a continuous basis, not just at the beginning of starting a podcast, but throughout the entire thing, gaining constructive criticism and feedback and and taking some of that harsh feedback and and reframing your podcast to be the best that it can be. And also figure out the structure
1: of the podcast. Like our podcast is structured where we do interviews one episode, then it's just us in the next episode. So we go back and forth between those two and try to find different segments to cover in
0: each part. Yeah, having those those segments or those outlines gives the podcast structure and it makes it sound more professional and... Less like you don't know what you're doing, which no one wants to be like that. And try
1: to invest (laughs) in a mic. It doesn't have to be the most expensive, obviously, but a high quality mic is key because people who listen to podcasts want to hear high quality. They don't want to hear someone with static all the time. So clear, crisp audio
0: it really does make a difference i mean if you're recording with a microphone that you think is okay and listening through your headphones of course it's going to sound good because you have the sound going directly into your ear canals but make sure to play it back and see how that microphone sounds like diana said a, a good quality microphone is definitely worth the investment and we use the blue yeti microphones yes love it super easy to use yes very easy
1: if you decide to um, edit interviews, how to do it, you can do it through Zoom and record there. But I definitely recommend Squadcast. It's definitely worth the money. You can see the person you're interviewing, plus it records on different audios. So say you're interviewing just one other person, it records you on one track and another person on the other track. So you get the clearest sound possible.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I, I love The fact that we can both see each other and we can read off of each other's faces if we're going on a topic that we don't want to go down or if we're saying something awkward we don't have to do as much editing afterwards but like you said having those two audio tracks it definitely makes for an easier editing process okay so moving on to what we're loving let's start off with favorite books oh my gosh now, I got to be honest, Diana, I am not really a book reader, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to read more books, trying to become more uh, not so much a couch potato. Yeah,
1: I agree. <laughs> I know that feeling. But one day I just picked up a book and I basically couldn't stop after that. So one of the books I've been reading or read recently was Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. I just recommend it to anyone who feels like they're struggling, especially in your late 20s. This feels like a weird transition during the whole quarantine thing. And plus, you're growing up more. You're not in college anymore. So definitely recommend that book because it talks about How to be vulnerable and just not feel shameful of what your goals are, reaching those goals and just go after it.
0: Mm, I love that. I'm going to have to add that to my list because I don't think I've come across that one yet. Yes. Love Brene Brown. Now, mine's a little bit different. And it's one of my most current books that I've read and that I really enjoyed. Um, It's called The Silent Patient by Alex Michaelides. And just to give like a quick blurb from Google on what the book is, it's a shocking psychological thriller of a woman's act of violence against her husband and Ooh. of the therapist obsessed with uncovering her motive. I mean, I, I just really love anything or any books having to do with medicine or medical treatment. So like a thriller involving a patient and a therapist sign me up. Yes. That sounds quite interesting. I might have
1: to pick that up too. Um, I'm really into more self-help books, but definitely love fiction as well. My all-time favorite book that I read last year was Valley of the Dolls. Such a good book. Everyone in their 20s should read it. Well, mostly women, but every woman in their 20s should read it. It's very good. It takes place in... um, 1920s new york and it goes through the decades up to the 60s about three girls they get caught up with like drugs and alcohol and partying and all this dramatic stuff in the entertainment world so a very juicy read for sure
0: Ooh, love me some juicy books so there you go you just got three books to take away from this podcast if you haven't read them yet
1: and on to
0: music
1: Now, Nay, you know we love us some music, right? Love it. Love it so much. It's like the only way we can get through the day, basically. But I've been listening to JoJo nonstop. Her Mm. album was just amazing. It's called Good to Know. And my favorite songs are So Good, Man, and I think Gold was one of them. I want to say yes. So those three are like popping for me.
0: Yeah, I, I love that album. It's such a different turn from music that she's released before, but it is a jam. So I'm absolutely in love with anything that Dennis Lloyd puts out. And he just recently released a song called Alien that is my jam. And I've been playing it on repeat every single day. It gives me such Miami Beach Club vibes, and it just makes me want to dance and bop around whenever it comes on. Oh, my gosh, I love it, and I love him so much.
1: Oh. Yeah, you sent it to me, and I was like, oh, damn, this is pretty good. It's so good. He's
0: Dennis Lloyd is definitely on my list of musicians to see in person at a concert whenever that may be. Um, but if you haven't heard it yet, I highly recommend you check it out. Speaking
1: of concerts,
0: back in 2018, I went to,
1: like, eight concerts in a year it was crazy but I have to say Kygo was probably my top favorite it was just the energy was there there were all p- types of people there it was very cool and he had a awesome stage that was like higher than the audience and he was just playing the music and he had a couple of um his guest singers come sing out and it was just it just sounded amazing the special effects were good and his songs are super good as well
0: I love me some Kaigo, and I'm honestly so envious of the fact that you got to go and see him in concert oh, <laughs> I wish I was there but I virtually lived through your videos
1: <laughs> yeah it was a good concert my mom even likes his music
0: so see that tells you something. good for all age ranges Yes. So kind of switching gears, let's talk about some of our favorite skincare products or just favorite products in general.
1: Yes. Um, I've been loving collagen mm. in terms of the powder. I put it in my coffee or smoothies. I just feel like it just takes away the aches and pains of my joints because I work out and I was a gymnast, so... For life, you you will have aches and pains from that. Yes, but I feel like it, like not numbs it out, but like takes away that pain, and also my skin looks and feels a lot better. Yeah.
0: So, for those that haven't tried collagen powder, does it have a taste to it, or is it pretty tasteless?
1: It depends on which one you get, like there's vital proteins, and they have all types of flavors, like matcha, strawberry, Mm. and, and all that stuff. But I take the plain kind just because I don't want all that flavors, to be honest, in a smoothie. So just having the fruit itself is flavorful enough.
0: Right. but.
1: Yeah, I'd stick to the plain one.
0: Yeah, it makes it more universal. And like you said, you're putting it in coffee and smoothies. So, I mean, that sounds like a very versatile product right there. Yeah. So my favorite product right now, since it's summertime, I wanted to touch on some sunscreen scents. Mm -hmm. Uh, But my go-to sunscreen right now is the Purito Centella Green Level Unscented. Um, It's a sunscreen that's in SPF 50. Um, I actually bought it off of Amazon, but I'm sure you could buy it off of several other beauty um, sources. But it's actually a Korean sunscreen um, that I learned from Diana. Don't be surprised. My favorite skincare YouTuber, Hiram.
1: Hiram, you're the bomb. If you're listening to this, probably not, but you're you the bomb. Are. I, you introduced me to him, and I've been obsessed. His videos pop up on my YouTube, so right. definitely love him and love his opinions.
0: Yeah, and so what I learned from him is that the sunscreen or the UV protection component um, in sunscreen is different in Korean sunscreen than it is in most U.S. sunscreens, Um, And that the UV protection component in the US sunscreens tends to be a sensitizer or an irritant to skin. Mm. And me personally, I have sensitive skin. So I tend to go for sunscreens that claim that they're good for sensitive skin, but then notice after Let's say five to seven uses that I start getting a burning and stinging sensation, which is not pleasant at all. No, no, no. And I'm safe to say I've used this one several times now. We're talking like 10 plus times and have not had irritation. So I'm knocking on wood that it doesn't cause me irritation and that it's my go-to sunscreen for life. It sounds pretty fancy
1: too. The Koreans know what's up. All of their skincare is usually pretty good. They really do. What else are we loving? Um, ooh, I just got a new pair of sneakers from StockX. Mm. They're Nike, of course. I love me some Nike. They're very cool. I'll send a link in the show notes, but they're just your regular Air Force ones. But on the bottom, they're like a blue gummy looking clear. They're very cool. You'll see them. They're very nice yeah, and comfortable.
0: They are so cool. I remember you sent me a picture and I was like, damn, girl.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was obsessed before I bought them and then I was like, oh, just pull the trigger and buy them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um something that's not really a product, but my go-to um fitness related thing right now is doing all the various fitness apps that they have on phones. Yes. Um, it makes it super convenient in that they have a lot of body weight exercises that you can do. So you don't have to worry about going to a gym. So you could be in a hotel room and get your workouts done. You could be out at the beach and wanting to get a quick workout in before you're going swimming or whatever. I'm just all about workout apps lately.
1: Yes, I've been working out too. I mainly use YouTube, but workout apps are very key to stay in shape and they sort of keep you motivated.
0: They really do. They add um, various reminders that you can have or like YouTube, you can get pop ups or alerts for new posts or new videos that come out. It, It definitely does keep you motivated and mixing up your workouts, I think, keeps you motivated as well. So speaking of being in our late 20s, why don't we talk about what we've learned so far about our life?
1: I've learned saving money is key to mm-hmm. living, basically. <laughs> no, just saving money is very important, depending on your lifestyle. Um, I don't have a crazy lifestyle, but I do like to shop, which is a very bad habit. So <laughs> definitely trying to save money so I can, you know, get a house, which will be coming up in future episodes, how to get a house. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, that's a very good point that you make about saving money. I think as you get out of um, college and you're in your young adult or young professional career, um, you start having an income, which is pretty exciting. um, And you're eager to spend it, but actually taking that control and putting that money aside and saving it, it'll definitely help you in the long run. And you know, stuff is expensive and
1: unnecessary half the time. So don't spend money on stupid stuff. I mean, it's okay to treat yourself once in a while. I'm all for treating yourself, but don't go too crazy.
0: Yeah, I gotta say one of one of the bigger regrets of post-college life was subscribing to all of those various clothing, beauty, you name it subscription services, which at the time, I thought it was a great idea because it's super convenient. You're getting new stuff sent to you every single month. But then you look back at it and you're like, I'm paying what for this? And Mm. half of it I'm not even using because it was just sent to me. So (laughs) I got to say, I wish I hadn't done the subscription services. But hey, I did get to find some things that I liked, but a lot of things that did not work. Yeah, those subscriptions will get you. It really will. Um, so, so far in my 20s, what I've learned is that, while I do feel fairly educated or knowledgeable on things coming out of post-grad life, that I still have so much more to learn. There's just so much out there. So, I
1: personally want to have the freedom to travel more. And I'm learning in my 20s that traveling really helps you see not only see the world, but you do learn about other cultures, how people behave, what to do, what not
0: to do. Right. Yeah. And whether it's um, specific education on topics for work or personal life, or like bettering my communication skills, I feel like a lot of the time us millennials get defensive when it comes to Um, older generations challenging us on our beliefs or our thoughts when maybe it's just that we're not communicating it to the best of our ability for them to understand what we're trying to relay.
1: Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I agree. Um, Communication is good and just learning how to, you know, talk in the most professional and respectful
0: way. Yeah. And just getting the point across without... Being a bitch. Yeah. I mean, that's hard.
1: Yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, you know, it's hard not being a bitch, but, you know, sometimes you got to do it. Sometimes you got to turn it off. Yep. I hear you.
0: Are we getting old, though? I think we are a little, just a little bit. I think we are getting old, but I'm actually fine with that. Like, I'm excited for what my 30s have to offer because I feel like I'm only on the climb or on the rise to my full potential when it comes to professional and personal development
1: yeah that's true i feel like yeah we're getting older but we're maturing and that comes with age yeah. and um they're saying actually the 30s are the new 20s i read that a couple times so well here we come 30s yeah here we come Well, I'm closer to it than you, but I still have a year and a half.
0: Oh, my gosh. I know. You got to live it up before you're in your 30s. I
1: know. I'm definitely going to try
0: to do that. (laughs) Well, I'll have to report on uh, what my fiance says for 30s, because by the time this episode comes out, it'll have been a month in. So I'll let you know if anything drastic happens. But again, he's he's a male. Yeah, (laughs) he's a male, so he might not have the same things that we have to go through. So we'll see. That's true.
1: What do I wish I knew before? Hmm, just how expensive things are. Like for if you want to live a specific lifestyle, find out the cost of it before, and you might not be able to afford it right away, Mm -hmm. which is fine. But. You know, save money, go live home for a year and save money, then move out, then try to live on your own and just really saving money. I say this uh, repeatedly, save money, save money.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I completely agree with that. And I actually was going to comment on um, knowing more about finances and being more financially independent. Because while it was a a pretty big change of going from high school off to college, a lot of the finances, like your rent, cable, water, whatever other bills, were generally lumped together in this nice, easy-to-use packet, and all you had to do was pay it off. Right. But post-grad or post-college life, moving into housing that's not geared for college students, it, it was just a really big change and shift in responsibility for like me as a renter um, to now locate and set up those various payments, I just wish that I was better prepared going into this young professional life.
1: They don't really prepare you for that in school. That's kind of like, this is what you're going to learn. This is what you have to know by the time you get a job. But they don't tell you what that entails. You have to get a place to live. You have to get a car, depending where you live, transportation. Uh, cost of living basically in the city you're living in and all that stuff, you really need to take into consideration before you graduate.
0: You really do. I think research is key. Really digging deep into what location that you're moving into, what type of household are you wanting to get? Like you said, what kind of lifestyle are you wanting to have? I think having all of that mapped out and a good idea before making that transition really is key. And not to sound repetitive or basic, but why the hell did we not learn taxes in school?
1: I mean, I think I took it in one math class and I was like, actually, this is useful and I'm actually learning a lot. And then I completely forgot because it was only one course that taught that. Yeah, I
0: feel like that would give us a better basis as to understand what they're asking for and why and um, just help us better have a handle on our finances and why they're important and whatnot. Which will be
1: coming up again in a future episode, so stay tuned. Yes. So, Diana, how are you adjusting to post-grad life? I think I actually really struggled just because I didn't have structure and I was used to that in school. Like, this is where you have to be at this time. Then you go here. This is what this cost, blah, blah, blah. But now that I'm out, I've learned a lot. And I think I'm adjusting well at this point. But at first, definitely not. I just was a mess. And I didn't know what I wanted to do for work. I didn't know, like where to live. I didn't know how to make an income, basically. So it was pretty difficult. But I think I've adjusted pretty well after those few years.
0: Yeah. So what all did you do to help help with that adjustment?
1: Well, I think um, coming back home has been helpful and my mom's been helping me a lot. I rely on her a lot, but she's been helping me, you know, get my finances in order, make sure I do certain things and just and has been encouraging me this whole time that I can move out when I'm ready and when my finances are in order.
0: Right, yeah, having that support system, it's just great. Even if it's someone to just go and vent to about, how bad your day of work was yeah. or just just someone to go to when you're like lonely on a Friday night or something. You can confide in them.
1: I'm very close with my family. So moving back where I have most of my family has been really important. And I think if I didn't do that, I would be in worse shape, to be honest. But I'm... Mm. Starting to leave the nest a little bit. So we'll see
0: how that goes. Well, I love it. I'm excited to see the beautiful butterfly that Miss Diana becomes. Thank you. (laughs) But I do have to agree that post-grad life was a bit of an adjustment. I mean, I had to move from one state to another. So moving to an area that wasn't familiar with, new restaurants, new faces, new everything... Um, was pretty difficult, but luckily I had the chance to room with my old um, college senior design classmate, which made it a lot easier to adapt from that college lifestyle into this young professional lifestyle Mm -hmm. because we had each other to lean on. Like you said, that support system Um, It it helped a lot. Having um, someone you know with
1: you is very helpful, especially in a new city. You don't want to be by yourself unless you thrive on that. Some people do. But having a good support system, having someone you're familiar with around so you can explore the city together is very helpful. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it.
0: Be sure to follow, subscribe, and share our podcast.
1: Everything will be linked in the show notes below.
0: Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Peace.